Welcome to Rock Shop Talk. Our show talks best practices, fun anecdotes, and the latest cutting-edge technology in our field to kick your screen printing gears into hyperdrive. Today's episode features questions that rock. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be right back. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are discussing questions that rock. Um, we're joined today by uh, with Justin Moore, Barrel Maker Screen Printing. How's it going, Justin? It's good, good. How's it going with you guys? Fantastic. Rad. Yeah, Thanks fantastic. for having us. Um, I'm Rock US President Ross Hunter. Alongside me is also our creative producer, Mr. Merrill Caps. Hey. And our uh, solution specialist, Mr. Rob Welch. Sup, everybody. Yo. What's up? What's up? Yo. <laughs> that was like a gangster introduction there. I um, want to start out uh, by giving uh, a little update. We have kicked off our video tour uh, for Rock US. For those of you just uh, chiming in and, and hearing about this for the first time, um, we are taking our tour bus, Roxy. Um, around the country and uh, we've been in dire need of content and uh, so the bus will be traveling around to different partners um, with a video crew um, getting some great footage of uh, different locations as well as different equipment we're going to get a lot of educational content out of the trip uh, want to make a note that we are being COVID safe. It's a very small group. The reason we're taking a bus is so we're not on planes bouncing all over the country and airports. Um, got a lot of precautions in place, including a really cool um, fog machine um, that actually disinfects our bus. So turn it on, it blasts everything with disinfectant. Um, pretty cool. So hopefully we'll get some neat pictures of the, the fogger going off there. But so basically we're just mosquitoes is what you're saying. Pr pretty much. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you can be in the bus when the fog machine happens. That I'm would be gonna interesting. say probably not. No. Like some laser lights, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know. I we like that's like... That's a big thing that's come out of COVID is making you realize just how gross everything was before you had to like go around fogging it first. I know it's, it's not. Uh, yeah. yeah it's not I joke. hope people keep the cleanliness going. Cause you know, the flu has been down, the cold's been down. I mean, everything's been down and I, I kind of started to understand why in a lot of other countries, people wear masks pretty much yeah. religiously all the time when they're mm -hmm. out in public. I took a lift this morning and there was like a shield, you know, between the back oh, seat wow. and the front seat. I loved it. It like made it so much easier to like tune the guy out and not feel bad. Was you know? was so was like... the was the lift? <laughs> no small talk. So you didn't have the lift small talk happening. It just but, helps. Like it adds that physical barrier too. It's but great. did the lift was the lift uh, a Crown Vic? Because that may or may not have something to it was, do with um, it. It wasn't. It was an undercover. Got it was it. an undercover look. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's nice. awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, so we're excited to kick that tour off. Uh, excited to get content. Tune in, um, you know, to what's going on on our various different channels. And um, we're, we're excited to get some new stuff out there for everyone to see. Um, so that's kind of our update. I, do we have yeah. any? No, other I mean, that, that's, things, I think that's a, that's a huge update. It's our first time that we, in over a year that we're able to actually begin to visit anyone safely. Absolutely. And, yeah. 
gosh, what a what a journey it has been. It it has been that I miss traveling. I gotta say, yeah, it's too. it's been hard not having some trade shows. Although it's been a nice break. So you know, on one side, it's like you know, it's been nice not being all over the place. Got to spend a lot of time with the family. Um, on the other hand, I miss the industry. I miss the people. I you know yeah. miss having some fun. So it'll be good good to get back to it. Um, well, I wanted to to introduce uh, Justin and Barrel Maker Printing. Um, and just kind of give a second, man, tell us about your journey into the industry um, and how it's evolved over time. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we started Barrel Maker in 2009. I started it initially with, um, with my wife, just kind of like real randomly. Um, you know, we saw like some Facebook posts about t-shirts that we, uh, they just like weren't very good. We kind of were like, we could do it a little better. We started trying to kind of make our own shirts and that was sort of the initial concept was just making shirts and kind of getting them into like a few stores. And then it turned into like, well, let's try and print them ourselves. And then basically me telling people that we had like the best print shop in the world. Um, but it was like a silver press in our apartment with a flash dryer. And That's um, awesome. we grew, we awesome. grew it from there. So we, uh, you know, I think after probably about six months, we kind of outgrew our apartment, got like a, a commercial space and, um, just kind of kept grinding away. And now we have, um, about 14,000 square feet and we run, uh, three autos here, um, bunch of embroidery. We have DTG. Um, we also, um, sub out to like one or two other shops pretty consistently. So we actually schedule like five automatics. Um, oh, wow. and then those two just go, go out and we, we print for, you know, pretty good variety. We do, um, a, a decent amount of contract printing. Uh, we do fulfillment. Um, we do like direct printing, a lot of water-based stuff. So um, people tend to use us for like higher color, um, usually higher end shirts. Like we don't tend to get a ton of those like real big, um, you know, 10,000 shirt, you know, uh, white shirt with one color on it, kind of cheap out the door, like giveaway type stuff. Um, we've definitely had moments in our like career I guess where we've had some of those but now it seems like we we definitely get a little bit of a higher end we're, we're certainly pricing like we're not the cheapest I would say like on the contract side we're a little bit on the higher end um and we sort of like to stay that way because it, it allows us to have like a really good team here um we're able to pay people a little bit better and you know do a, a higher quality of work so um, but yeah, we, we do a lot of local stuff. Like we do a lot of music venues, museums, the library, and there's a lot of really cool, like businesses that are based out of Chicago. Um, and then we do, you know, some stuff like Capital One or Motorola or things that are like just straight up like corporate. Um, oh. but you know, for this last year, I guess like for us, the big, uh, shift was we, we did a lot of live printing the previous year. So kind of like the almost a third of our business is live events. So we did um, in 2019, we did like 320 or so live events. Wow. And um, we, yeah, so our model is is a little bit different than some other people that do it where we focus, we, we have a, a website liveprinting.com. And so we focus on essentially being able to do anywhere in the, the country. Um, and then we work with um, affiliate shops. So we work with a, a lot of other shops that actually use like rock presses and, or that are like us. Um, and we sort of facilitate it. Um, 
So that was a big What kind of venues are yeah. you guys doing with the light? I mean, is it kind of just across the board or is it's there a focus all... on? Yeah, it's, it's so mixed. I mean, we've done, you know, a lot of hotels. Uh, we've done like rooftops um, inside of office buildings, um, festivals, um, trade shows. Thing. It, it's, we've done college campuses. College mm-hmm. campuses, um, we did a lot of those like this last year where there would be like maybe a, a big event at the college and there'd be kind of like a rally outside before the event mm-hmm. and they'd ha- be giving away shirts and stuff like that too. So it's, it has a, a really of, novel um, concept, man. I mean, yeah, it's cool yeah. that you turned it into, I mean, I've heard of people live printing before, mm-hmm. but the fact that you guys turned it into an actual business Machine. with a website yeah. and yeah. the ability to to have this cohort of people that you can rely on in other states and stuff that's that's awesome yeah it's it's it it's been really interesting because i would say like we were just really getting in our stride where we like you know i think when we first started doing it we were trying to work the systems into just kind of like how barrel maker operates right so if we needed events were actually scheduled similar to like t-shirts and then it was like well but those screens are going to an event and we kind of like ran it all within the same system and we we had to like really take that apart and be like okay well like live events are going to go into like trello trello is what we use to manage all those events and who they were going to and have like a separate set of checklists and essentially separate it was a separate team you know who who handled it and so um but obviously events hasn't been a thing so Um, it's been, it's been cool. The last like couple months we've, we started to like focus on it again. Um, we looked at sort of all the, the mistakes that we made, you know, like I'm sure you guys know too, like it's really easy to, to become really busy. And then you find yourself in these situations where, you know, you, you're maybe live at an event and you don't have squeegees or you don't have an ink or just various things that go wrong. And so we're trying to like, you know, it's sort of like a rare opportunity I mean, I'm, I'm assuming for a lot of businesses, but like where you kind of have this thing that there's just like a hiatus from and like, I don't have any doubts that it's going to come back, you know? So right. for, it's really like, how do we take advantage of this like kind of quiet time to, to mm-hmm. actually make it better instead of having to try and do that while you're like doing events every weekend too. So it's kind of so, cool that you guys held on to you know, I I know through COVID, right, a lot of people freak out, they pivot. And, you know, once things get better, it's a lot harder to jump back in. It's really cool to hear the story that you guys took advantage of the time Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. said, you know what, it's going to come back. Let's take this time to be better when it does. Because I think everyone else was so focused on what do we do? You know, and yeah, it's, it's really neat that you guys did that. That's the first kind of it's, story I'm hearing along those lines. Same. It's been very difficult to do that because, you know, we're we're doing the best we can to stay afloat, too. So we're doing a lot of fundraising right. stores and more fulfillment and all that that stuff. So we've really had to make that effort to be like, hey, Thursday at 10 o'clock, we're going to sit down for an hour. And we're going to discuss live printing. And it's it's hard because Thursday at 10 comes and it's like everybody's busy with other stuff. And you're right. like we don't even have any events scheduled, but like, <laughs> right, right. we know later on these things are going to, it's, this is like the best time for us to focus on it. So how yeah, soon it is. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was curious how soon after the pandemic hit, did you face that and start implementing that? 
Um, not not that soon. Probably four months or so. Like um, I, the first focus was um, really trying to partner with all. You know, we're a, a local business more than anything. Um, Chicago just has you know, so many awesome, like independent Mm -hmm. small businesses. So like the very first focus was like, how do we, how do we help do fundraising? You know, cause that that's, and I know a lot of people did that as well. It was just like, that was the very first go-to, like, how do we, how do we team up with them? Because obviously like we need orders too. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, super effective. We, we donated, about $140,000 in that first month. So it was like that wow. we ended up actually having the first couple months of the pandemic were, were pretty good numbers for us, wow. which was great. Um, but we got hit because of the events. We never had an event canceled before, you know, it's just like mm-hmm. people don't really do that. And when, when COVID first started, we actually had events that were scheduled for, you know, like, the end of March or April and things like that, that already paid us. And so not only did we lose events, but we, we had quite a bit of money that we had to refund. So that, that kind of like March was a real, a real hard month. Cause not only did like our sort of pipeline of orders and income and everything stopped, but we also had a bunch of money that we had to like return. And it was just like, Whoa, that was a huge swing. Right. So, yeah. But well, cheers to you guys for turning that around. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You got to. What yeah. Gonna no do? kidding. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that that's awesome. Uh, I would, I'm curious to learn kind of like uh, the experience from when, when you decided to automate, how soon was that decision mm-hmm. implemented and was it instantly rock when, and what, what about rock led you to the, the, you, the eco, the tunnel, uh, I, I, yeah. forgive me, a Lotus Holland too, I think. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. The lo- I think the Lotus might be like the best machine in, in the industry. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's like, I mean, it's just such a game changer. Like mm-hmm. when you have, I think if you've done that job, it does take like the crappiest job in the industry and make it <laughs> semi-tolerable. <laughs> like that, which is a big swing. I mean, that's a bad job to, to have to do every day. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, we totally started with, with manual presses. Um, my, my wife and I were really big advocates of like printing together on manual presses. So like we, you know, I mean, it took a few years before we were able to, to buy an auto. Um, we used to do a lot of like one person would load the shirts and spin and the other would print and, you know, mm-hmm. like, if uh if i zone zoned out or something she'd like swing the platens at me and like you know clap and whatnot but it was you know you could hustle but it's it's really hard when you're doing things like with an underbase on a manual press and you start getting into volume it's just it's it gets to you you know so our um i think the first um we we got basically we took an order that was sixty thousand pieces um and we used that to buy a manual we're manual, yeah. But we you wow. take okay, the order. So you, and you, you really did totally run the business, like you said, with the silver press up in a room that's like yeah, we're big, we're, we're the best, and you took mm-hmm. this job. That's awesome, man. Because so many people are afraid of that. This is right. a cool yeah. piece of information you gotta give to people out there is take it and figure it I out mean, later. I think the sixty thousand piece order 
is less impressive than the fact that they gave me a, it was over a hundred thousand dollar check paid in full like up front and i remember nice. being like holy shit you know like i mean they didn't know that they're like we can just pay with a purchase order right and like <laughs> i had to be like no like this is um you know we have to buy all the goods you know you figure figure that out but we took right. so we took the check we ended up buying a but we didn't we couldn't we didn't know how to print and we obviously couldn't print that order manually so we went on um i think it was like maybe it was digit smith or one of those sites back then and we found like a, a local gauntlet for sale an mnr gauntlet we bought the gauntlet we bought a big tunnel and we did that order um so we basically used that order to that one order was like our launching pad into like actually having an automatic at that time we also were going to like a local shop that did have an automatic and if we had orders that were like kind of like too big for us we'd bring them there you know so we subbed out too like we which it's it's so interesting for me to look back at the early time period for us and how similar it is to how we still operate like we'll still go way over our capacity and you just try and find good partners that could help you out you know and this industry is so cool too because you know print shops are really not like they don't really tend to be like predators against each other or anything like everyone's like mm -hmm. relatively pretty open and um helpful you know and and, it, and there's definitely times where like we've had to get help from other print shops or we've helped other print shops so it's a it's a cool Move community your shop but... to la dude and tell me that you get <laughs> yeah. that same sentiment <laughs> that's probably true that's that's probably true so yeah we had a gauntlet um we got through not too long with it i mean i want to say maybe only like four or five months um but we just struggled a lot with it and this was like right when Ryan started um, carrying the rock presses. So we, um, you know, they looked really cool. They, it definitely looked a lot nicer than uh, what we we're currently working on. And we kind of had this period where like the, uh, with like the M&R press, basically like the technician just had to like, it was like every day there was like a tech there and it was just getting, it was getting really old. But we also wanted to move from, we were on the third floor of our building. We were in like an industrial warehouse. So we were moving down to the first floor. So we kind of were like, this is a good opportunity to kind of like new shop, new equipment. So we, I think the first press we got was a P10. And um, we got, yeah, we got basically like a dryer and a press. Um, and within only like a couple months, it was like, oh, we clearly need like a second press. Cause as soon as you automate, you realize like how many, you know, one color prints you have, right. Or how many like mm -hmm. sleeve prints or back prints or just there's, there's so many of these like kind of additional print locations that you, you really quickly, like just, you don't want to put them on your like main press, you know, because your main press is doing all those like kind of front prints that tend to be more colors and whatnot. So um yeah i think going from one press to two presses makes a lot of sense to do like pretty quickly at least in our case we did it like pretty much right away and then i think a few months later got like a third one so um but we've had a few different ones now we've we've had like um i know we've had the right now basically we have like a, a p8u a p14u and a, a p16 eco so those are the presses nice. we have here and Very two cool. dryers so yeah where was the awesome. first time, where was the first place that you saw like a rock press in person? Like, was it at a trade it was, show? It was in our shop. 
when it showed up. <laughs> that was the first yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's my, awesome. my friend, my friend uh, Nick or Nick Wood, who who worked over there, he uh, he sent me a picture. He like texted me a picture of one like in I don't know like in a warehouse or something. He's like, it was like when they first came out. Like I don't know, we were, we definitely got one pretty early on, so they weren't like all over. I mean, I know like once we set it up, a lot of people started to come to our shop to check them out. Um, but I mean, it just looked cool and clean and new. And I, I really like, um, I think the feature that I was the most excited about was the pallets staying fixed and and not going up and down, mm-hmm. um, which I, I know some more presses now, you know, don't, um, they've kind of switched that model, but that was, that was really nice. Cause I always hate it. It took seven like, years for them to shirt. catch on. But yeah, <laughs> for sure. But here's it, it, it definitely makes a lot more sense to just have the the pallets stay kind of in that fixed position like that. So, well, um, coming from manual printing too, I mean, the press is really designed to kind of operate in the exact same way, you know, people yeah. are used to from a manual. So I think it, you know that learning curve going from manual to auto is is a little bit easier. Um, yeah. when you're not changing how you load. I mean, the loading thing's a big deal because, I mean, that that's your speed. I remember the first time, you know, I, I owned a big blue press. I'll, I'll, you know, throw it out there with, with my old business. And, you know, that was my first press going from manual to auto. And I remember loading and it was, it took me a while. I mean, it was yeah. like going from having something stagnant, you're kind of taking your time to having something that's moving not only quickly around, but it's moving up and down as well. I mean, mm. you kind of get shaky on it. So um, yeah, it's it's something where like we we try and have our printers here really operate at a slower speed because I feel like if you set, it's really easy to set a press to a high speed and be like, cool, we're just gonna run it at 800 an hour. But like, if you have to factor in all the times that you gotta stop the press because you just missed that load, it's like, you really shouldn't mm. be operating at, you know, 800 an hour, unless you're going to be hitting it every time, you know? So it's like, we, I I totally encourage people to like slow it down and just like get that groove, become comfortable at it, you know, because you'll get faster and faster and better at it, but it's not helpful to just like run the press really quickly and then keep like scrambling for a foot pedal or worse hitting like emergency stop and kind of resetting everything. So (laughs) I remember those days, you know. Dude, I wish that button. I I want to put a like a little plastic box over that. Actually, I should do that. It's a good idea. Just make it so it's not even there. You can't touch it. <laughs> you guys should. Awesome. You guys should take that off. Actually, our first shop, um, when we had the the autos in there, so we had, I want to say like only like four thousand square feet with three autos in it. Like it was it was really tight, and we took out all the security bars. We did like the circuit whatever you know so that um just because like you literally had to squeeze through all the time and the security bars kept stopping the presses which i (laughs) guess is the point but we were like look there's like six of us we know what we're doing like we're fine but yeah so we disabled them all and would have to squeeze through all the time it's pretty pretty intense and no one ever gotten taken out no we had people get taken out we've (laughs) yeah i i saw someone get hit in the head with a pallet and that, oh. that scared the crap out of me. Like it was uh it was like a hot market thing where we were running. Um, we were just like running hot market where we were going like real fast and had a lot of temps in the shop. So like when, when like the Cubs won and things like that, or like we did some Dodger shirts like the next year, like it's like, 
you just get like so much like temp work for like a couple days mm -hmm. and we had a temp unloading and the shirt fell on the ground and she leaned down to pick up the shirt then oh. when she oh but it was scary but she was okay but it like yeah that was freaky oh my god yeah it was kind of funny when you were talking about you and your wife printing manually and you know she'd spin the pallet to wake you up i remember doing a job uh, with my brother-in-law um, back when I first started and it was um, white tees, black print, and we were printing manually, two-person team. And I was loading and he was printing, he was six foot eight, huge hands. He oh, could man. literally pull a 12 inch design with one hand. So he's just cruising, right? Yeah. And uh, for some reason he decided to screw around and he spun the screen. And I was in the yeah. middle of putting a shirt on and he knocked i blacked out knocked me out cold me right wow. in the side of the face hit the floor and so you telling me that story of your wife uh you know waking you up with the pallets reminded me of of that story but yeah it's crazy dangerous place sometimes and for yeah. rock and for rock owners out there please do not disable the security <laughs> mechanisms Sorry. on the machine Sorry. thank you rob yeah, don't yeah. do that they're there for Asterisk. a reason you don't want to get hit by a pallet <laughs> indexing yeah, at 900 pieces an hour <laughs> they're there to stop they're there to stop your or break your, your ribs you know one of the two yeah but if you get the job done faster you know <laughs> it's totally worth it <laughs> no it. but like but spinning spinning a manual press in between prints like it's cool or like doing a spin like you spin the 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 screens around and then you do a quick spin and then you get back to like I think I think having like some flair while you print it's it's worth it you know you gotta have some swagger there I with live printing especially like you gotta keep it spinning people like that we yeah. should keep note of this guys and do a screen printing flare competition at Long Ooh, Beach be awesome. next year Ooh. Ooh. Would, would you participate cool. would you would, would you participate I'd be terrible I could get my wife to do it maybe she'd be good okay at it. is, we, is there drinking idea. could it be oh, drinking and flare yeah, of course he's drinking. Um, yeah. I think last year even we supplied the drinking in our booth the entire time. We had a, a nice. full rush. Were you there at Long Beach? When yeah, we did the yeah. Big last year was like sublime, right? That was yeah, the, yeah. yeah. That was fun. That yeah, was fun. That, that's you know what, what I miss. Yeah. You know what sold me on rock actually that I don't think they do anymore is the uh, the wine in the base of the presses. Is that so we got in, we got in trouble. So what, to give people some, some background here, um, one of the owners of, of Rock um, owns a winery. He owns a vineyard in, in Portugal. They make an amazing vino verde. Verde, there we go. Verde. Um, which is very popular wine in, in, in Portugal. Um, it's fairly acidic, um, but it's good. And um, so used to, when you buy a Rock press, you'd open the base of the press, and inside would be a case of wine from their vineyard. And, um, you know, unfortunately, like alcohol laws and transporting things in ocean freight um, across the country, it's actually called smuggling. Um, <laughs> you know, um, we, we didn't really see any, any harm in this, but at one point a press went into Canada. Canada was not... Uh, a fan of finding alcohol uh, buried inside a press body um, in customs. So we have a running tally now that that Portugal owes us about 7,500 bottles of wine. 
And yeah. I'm working proactively to get someone that can get this wine imported. And I was thinking we could just open a rock us winery, like pop-up restaurant yeah. and just sell it until it's gone or something. But those were fun days, man. It's cool to get, it's cool to, get to yeah. buy something and bust open a celebratory drink and, you know. Yeah, it was a really nice touch, you know, and it, it definitely gave the presses at that time too a little bit of like a European quality to them. So, oh, 100%. We need to get yeah, back like, to something like that. We need like to work. Yeah. We can't do booze. Like, we should figure out another way to put that touch. Yeah. We awesome. did We did have one, though, that came with, like, half of the wine broken. And it was, like, it's a little <laughs> too close to all, like, the like the control panel and everything. Right. So, right. I can get a little <laughs> scary. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we will have more questions that rock. We'll be right back. You know where you're going, and you need a vessel with a deep understanding of you and your objectives embedded into its very design. An automatic screen printing press that's built for you, your audience, your workflow, your goals. The Rock U Auto is the ideal press to match how unstoppable you are. For these and other expert solutions to help you press onward, please visit rock.us or call 187-ROCKET-NOW. That's 877-674-8669. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today we are discussing questions that rock, and we are joined by Justin Moore of Barrel Maker Screen Printing out of Chicago. I'm Rock U.S. President Ross Hunter, and alongside of us is Mr. Merrill Caps, our creative producer and equipment specialist, Mr. Robert Welch, also known as Bobby Grape Juice. Be good, yeah, baby, yeah. in the house, let's do this. Oh! I like to call him Bobby Grape Leaves, though, because it's like to mess it up. Well, that's, 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 the, that's on the replay, on the remix. I call him yeah, Haas Runter, too. I've never heard that before. That's I, call him, I, I do it behind your back. I call him oh, Rossi, okay, to his face. <laughs> I, like I get it. a it's lot like, of Rossi from Merrill, yeah. No, it's because you're you're like my Hollywood bud. Like, hey, Rossi, he's, he's, he's going to love it, baby. Like that oh, kind I of like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dude, I think I Carlo so, Rossi. I'm like, oh, God. Hmm. No, different, different gonna, Rossi. Does anyone call do you something? grapes? Uh, no, it was it was actually a customer. <laughs> that This guy would call in and he would order uh, a, two gallons of a custom Pantone every two weeks. And I was just like, man, that's insane. Like you could just get a system and mix it yourself because you're like next day airing the stuff. And he's like, yeah, no, just, uh, you know, he was in uh, Louisiana. He was like, oh, just call me, uh, call me Bobby Pantones. And he was, and then like, we're just talking for another, like, that doesn't sound was, like a Louisiana accent. That no, was he, more sounded, of like a sounded, he sounded, he sounded straight up. Oh, no, no, York. no, no. Trust me where I'm from all of my, so I'm right outside of New Orleans. Um, that accent sounds just like Brooklyn slash New Jersey, hundred percent. Yeah, but that's yeah. how from Louisiana. That's how he sounded. Huh. And then he goes, he goes, "Oh, your last name is Welch? Oh, like the grape juice? All right, well I'm gonna call you Bobby Grape Juice then." And I was like, "Oh man, that's <laughs> phenomenal!" And then that's, other people heard that's it. That's great. It's yeah. stuck. It's been around for years now. Yeah. Now he's topping the charts. Buck's Buck's it's, supposed yeah. to be uh, making up some shirts. He says he has some designs. Excellent. Oh, I like that. We should actually have nickname shirts. That's a cool idea. I like that. I like that. My nickname for a long time was Lunchbox. I was <laughs> my bowling yeah. ball is actually engraved Lunchbox when I was on a bowling <laughs> league. That's um, apparently I liked to eat a lot. So um, I was gonna say, were you heavier back then? Uh, Dang, I, yeah, I, I was heavier do. until COVID hit, and that that made me 
Plus, just you've been working work out, out like a tank. Yeah, you're looking you're good. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's uh, 40, 46 pounds since about May nice. of last year. So it's been good. Well, we want to do something unconventional. I'm going to like, I want to turn over the floor and the questions that rock are going to come from Justin and we're going to have some fun and be put on the spot. Um, you know, we've done a lot of episodes where we ask a bunch of questions and we want to turn the tables around. So hit awesome. us, hit us with it, man. All right, cool. This is exciting. So um, just to start, I'm, I'm just curious, what's your uh, top selling product? Do you guys know? Top selling product. So it, I'm going to go pre-COVID and then I'm going to go post-COVID because I think it's important. Sure. Our, our clientele and business models changed quite a bit. So pre-COVID, definitely the six color 10 station U would have been the most sold, you know, item. Um, okay. Post-COVID, the U machines are probably still the highest sold. However, right now, the close second is the next. I'd say they're within about three to four units, actually, of each other. So the next is really taken off um, since the release. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and size-wise, it's kind of all over the board right now. Um, we've been in a lot of new markets, um, that the mm. brand hasn't really seen a lot of. And so I'd say, what would you say, Rob? Like 10, probably 10 color machines seem to be the sweet ten, spot right yeah, now. 10, 10, 10 and 12 color, I'd say would be, would be the sweet spot. And then outside of presses, I mean, post COVID it was all pre and post press. So we just saw yeah, this huge influx of, of folding lines, uh, folding and packaging, and then, um you know lotus lotus that was huge because people were all you know unfortunately having like downsized in a lot of situations and right. cut their labor force and so they were like okay where are we wasting labor at or where was labor just kind of being sucked up from and it was yeah. people that were folding and bagging by themselves or you know like you were talking about earlier having someone standing you know in a washout pit just reclaiming screens all day long it's like okay well, we don't we could have that person yeah. doing something else for most of the day and have a machine talking can we talk about the Lotus then? Yeah. Absolutely. So, so in terms of the Lotus, is there any, um, is there any thought into potentially like adding degrease to inside of it, you know, like adding another chamber where you could kind of like truly get that, like pass it through and not have to touch it after like, or like kind of having like another version of the Lotus. that's a little bit bigger or yeah, any I sort of development on that. On that? There is a ton of development, actually, and I'm glad you asked that. So uh, Lotus has developed uh, a new machine called the Lotus Evo Max. Um, we just placed the first unit uh, at a shop in Florida, um, who actually is going to be on another episode here coming up. Uh, real no, that was, uh, that was actually last week. Oh, that's don't you, last don't week. You remember? <laughs> don't you remember? Yeah, that? no. Here's what's funny about our marketing is sometimes our shows are filmed um, out of sequence. You know, out of sequence. So, Magic of the movies. Yes. So <laughs> that was on our last episode with Real Thread where we discussed the new Lotus Evo Max. But um, we just placed our first unit. He just got done with development. And here's the big changes. So um, the current system has your three chambers. So you've got. Um, you know, your ink cleaning, your rec reclamation, and then your rinse, and then it comes out. 
with the new system, there's another, there's now a chamber in between the ink queen and the reclamation to uh, eliminate cross contamination between those two chambers. Is what we were seeing sometimes is some of that ink chemical and drip off and runoff was going into the reclamation chamber. So they've added a chamber there. And then he's is that added, another is that just a power wash? Is that just like a rinse station? It's a drip. It's a drip. So it's more of okay. a, a runoff chamber, okay. I guess you'd say. And then he added an automatic dosing system to the whole machine. So, you know, currently you're going in, you're measuring your pH and you're manually adding chemistry into your ink cleaning, into your reclamation. Um, now it's got an automatic dosing system based off of your screen usage. So if you know at your shop, every hundred screens, you're going through and you're adding chemistry. You can actually set the machine uh, set up on a counter, obviously. And so once it gets to a hundred, that automatic dosing system would dose in the amount of chemistry that you would typically add at that point. That's um, cool. Yeah. The, in terms of degreasing, it's really on um, the chemistry that's going into your reclamation. I honestly think that they haven't added that chamber yet. So, I mean, that's something that maybe, you know, future Ford is mm -hmm. having a third degrease chamber right after reclamation prior to getting into, you know, your final rinse, but and they haven't added that yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I just always like look at it and think about like, oh, I just wish there was like one more chamber there, you know, or two more. I mean, because like, who cares if it's bigger, it's stagnant at that point. It's right. It's uh you know, it's, just, it's not like it takes up like a crazy amount of space. I mean, I guess it right. kind of does. Um, well, his goal, and I know at Lotus and one of the big things that we've had like industry feedback wise is the footprint, you know, because we've got a lot of places that'll actually put the Lotus inside the dark room. I mean, you've mm -hmm. got some folks that, you know, have enough space in the dark room, but it's not a monster machine to be able to put it in. And then secondly is the price point. You know, we're really touted as a very affordable way. I mean, we can prove ROI on that machine at like, what, 30 screens a day. I mean, mm -hmm. it's insane yeah. that you literally could probably have a manual shop prove right. ROI. A busy manual shop, you don't even need an auto, could prove ROI on, on getting one of these systems. And so I think the goal was to keep it there. And the, and the nice thing about the Max is the price point's not that much higher. So he was able to add some development to the machine, um, yeah. you know, make it a little bit user-friendly and it's, it's still not even in the six-figure land, which is nice, uh, you know, keeping that machine under there. But we'll talk to him about that. I mean, I think it's a really valid point. And, you know, as he's growing and developing, it'd be nice to maybe have a tier you know, you get like a tier one, tier two, tier three, and that way people yeah. have options on what they're wanting. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, I don't know enough about chemicals either to figure out if there's ever, if there's a way to create like a product where it could be in the same kind of coexist with like either, well, I guess it would have to be be the emulsion stripper, right? But that would be- What chemistry are you guys using now? We're using Saudi, okay. um, which it's been going really well. Um, when we very first got the Lotus, we started with Corechem, and then we switched over to Saudi. Um, but it's and that's we've just stayed on that for a long time. So um, I, I think we've talked about like potentially trying. I guess it would be easy way would be like the third option, right? Um, mm -hmm. But it's one of those things where it's like 
it works you know like we're not it's really not we're, yeah so so it doesn't seem like something we need to mess with but awesome. but managing people to reclaim screens is like very difficult and it's if you're not watching somebody um you know especially when you're a smaller shop where it's like kind of like the owner is also working with customers and you know um has a lot of other things going on and then you have maybe you bring someone in and you pay them you know hourly to, to do reclaim like at least for me like that was I, I had the most frustration with that where it'd be like oh like the day's over and we had 16 screens reclaimed and it's like how like he was there all day or whatever and it's like well he was like texting his girlfriend and was like spacing out and then smoked like 18 cigarettes and then he went to the bathroom six times and it's like shit so i mean at least like the lotus gives you like a way to like really kind of expedite that process um yeah, and they can still text their girlfriend right dude you could do like more of that you could yeah, yeah. you could yeah. totally do more of that so um you guys have any any new products that you're kind of developing like anything that's like really different or like outside of what you currently have or or not yeah, so I mean, some stuff that people are already aware of, but we're making some modifications to, which I can talk about those. So, um, you know, our hybrid machine, a lot of modifications have been recently made to that. We're re-rolling it out. Um, we're got we've got two hybrids going out into to two partner shops. Um, I think in the next about month and a half, and so we're really excited to see that new technology um, in a production environment. Um, so that's that's one thing that's rolled out. Um, the rock now is being redeveloped. Um, it's in its third iteration, and that should be ready really by next year. We're gonna do some beta rollout this year, um, but we're you know making sure that we're really getting the right partners right to come in on that um, again to get those yeah. into production environments and and ensure that you know everything's functioning well and we're really excited about that one I mean we released that product two years ago and it, it you know quite frankly it wasn't ready for market and yeah um, it's been a challenge uh, over the last two years going through that but a ton of development was done um, and we're excited about that one the eco 2 which some people have heard of, some people haven't. We had it showcased at one trade show so far, but that is the new Eco, essentially. So now we've got the U, the Next, and the Eco. I'm calling it the Eco, too, for those of you, and, and you would be one included that have an Eco. So this is kind of the yeah. new uh, version of that. Um, you know, the big thing there is it's got digital screens on every single head. And so mm -hmm. as you're running your micro reg, it's actually reading out to you in, in millimeter increments, where you're moving it, how far you're moving it, makes it easier to move your attachments around. So if you're tossing an iron on a head, you can actually set it right there on the head without having to go back to your main computer. Um, so yeah. a lot of cool, cool upgrades there, I guess you'd say. Um, and then with our folding system, we're working on a boxing attachment. So oh, that's you'll cool. be able to fold, pack, label, and then it will actually box and stack yeah. everything out of the pack into there. So we're, we're excited, you know, we're in very early beta on that, but excited yeah. to see um, where that product's gonna go. So, and, and we're working on some other stuff. There's a, a small electric dryer 
uh, that yeah. we're hoping to bring to market that's, um, you know, more competitive with uh, like a big red or an Elias. Um, so, so that's an early development. And then, you know, rock is just big on constantly making things better. And so they're yeah. working on a lot of, you know, technology changes across the board just to kind of increase productivity, efficiency, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So with, with that part of it, right. With, um, I guess like any sort of, uh, efficiencies, like, is there, is there any communication between like rock and I guess it would be like either like a software company or like, or maybe like an industry, um, company like Printavo or something like that. That's like mm -hmm. really going to start, um, sharing the data. Um, is it like, is there anyone focused on how, you know, a someone you know for, like for me who owns a business like i would love to be able to log into a dashboard and currently see like what all my presses are doing are they running are they not running what have they done today how much downtime you know like i know that the press has that information you know and it would be really useful to um yeah it's like a, a a business owner to be able to see what your equipment's doing i don't, I don't know if there's any like development on that side of things or has anyone requested stuff so, like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we've actually had a um, a lot of requests for that. Um, we have actually worked with with Bruce at Printavo. You know, we've talked to him about you know possible integrations. Um, from from an equipment standpoint, our goal is to get all the equipment um, Wi-Fi capable, and I think that that's the big thing. The data all lives there. It's just getting the data out of the machine into a central location that you can pair it with some kind of software platform or dashboard to your point. You know, I think our biggest challenge isn't going to be the Wi-Fi capability. It's going to be the API from, mm -hmm. from the press into whatever software Interface. you're running. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and right. And the, and, you know, businesses are all over the place. We've got screen printers that are on, large ERPs. We have printers that have developed their own software. We have people running Printavo. We have people running Shopworks. And so the machine part of it's easy. I think it's the API part of it before we can take something like that to market. Because what we don't want to mm -hmm. do is put development into it and then say, you know, now you've got to hire a software developer <laughs> to figure out right. how to integrate everything. Um, yeah. So it, it is being worked on. Yeah, I, I would imagine that like, there's a pretty big percentage of shops that would pay like a monthly fee essentially to be able to access like, you know, their their data in real time, you know, and just well, be able to like kind of monitor. Printavo, because Printavo, yeah. I mean, he offers his service at such a great rate yeah. That even if you're not mm. using the full software um, bundle that he's providing, just mm. having that piece as a dashboard, or maybe he can develop something that's just a dashboard that pairs with rock machines. Um, right. That's kind of what we've been talking to him about. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it, that'd be really cool. Like as we've grown mm -hmm. as a shop, the, the most important thing for us has become data, you know, not just on our, uh, it's, it's kind of across the board. So, you know, it's like on our machines, it's with our customers, you know, and just the more data that we have access to that we could clearly decipher, the better we could operate. So, um, yeah, I definitely think like focusing on 
making the equipment better is like is one step, but also taking what you currently have and being able to like, you know, read into it better, you know, or like little right. little changes possibly could be really cool. Um really cool. I know with like bigger presses too, like the more you could do from a print head is always ideal, you know, as right. when you're halfway around the press and then you have to like run to like kind of you know the main screen to clear something out and go back like that definitely gets tedious um and that's where that new eco you can clear you can clear alarms from those heads like that's what's cool is those digital heads are integrated awesome. all the way through yeah do you think that the the rock now is that like is that sort of like what you think is is the future like do you think five years from now that's going to be like a core like the core product um, you know, I think five years is, is not a lot of time. I think, you know, it's interesting. So I, I guess I got two, two answers to that is, you know, COVID changed a lot and COVID mm -hmm. kind of made the race to digital a lot more prevalent because mm -hmm. direct to consumer decorated shirts and hoodies and, you know, or garments, just to use a more broad term, became huge. I mean, that market yeah. just absolutely exploded. Um, and not one company right now is, is totally the way there, right? There's mm -hmm. a lot of constraints on digital printing when it comes to substrate, um, you know, what inks people are using, wash fast, you know, wash fastness. I mean, there, there's all these variables, right? And I think that in five years, it, it will have come a long way. I don't think that digital personally will ever take over screen printing. I mean, the Cubs are always going to need shirts and they're not going to want them digitally printed because, you know, the cost per piece is going to be, you know, I think too substantial with the ink costs that you're dealing with, with, with digital printing. Now, fast forward 15 years, I think that from a chemistry standpoint, they'll be able to get those ink costs down. They'll be able to eliminate clogging in the machines. There'll be closed loop systems like the one that we're developing right now. And, and I think that the closed loop system is the future. It's, you know, in line pre-treat with digital, with the ability to add special effects or flocking or even a screen print on top of it to really have a mixed media type piece. Um, yeah. I, I, I think we're, we're going that direction. I don't think it's gonna be as quick though as, as a lot of people think, because I, I don't think the technology is caught up with it. It's kind of like flat screen TVs. I mean, you guys remember mm -hmm. when that whole shift or even DVDs to, to, uh, to digital media Right. You know, DVDs still exist. I mean, it's crazy, right? It's kind of funny. You laugh. You go into a store and they yeah. have a big bin of DVDs for five bucks. But I'll be honest with you. I have a, a fifth wheel that still has a DVD player on it. And I buy those things. Like, you know, yeah. so I think we're, we're getting there. It's going to be a slow progression. And, you know, the chemistry and technology is going to need to to really prove itself out. Sure. Yeah, I think... It's um it's one of those things I think that freaks out a lot of shop owners, you know, where it's like it's like this emerging technology that you kind of see is, you know, it's coming, it's gonna be here soon. Like we gotta sort of start to like dabble with it and whatnot, but like at the same time, it's not quite ready. So it's hard to like it's hard to mess with digital and not become frustrated at this point, you know. But Absolutely. I but but at the same time, you kind of like need to because it's 
you know, it's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think, I think playing with it is good. I think it's still very market specific, though. I think it really is a direct to consumer yeah. um, style of printing. It is the you know, the Amazon web stores of the world, the red bubbles, the, you know, these places that are already doing this. So the people that are printing for them, you know, there's a huge need, uh, you know, people with their own retail stores, huge need, but yeah, you know, there's still going to be every business out there that, you know, needs 500 shirts printed and mm-hmm. it's not going to be a 20 color design. It's going to be a, a two or three color. And, and so I don't think, I don't think screen printing will ever go away. And I don't think it's something people should worry about just yet. I, I think there's quite a bit of time um, before yeah. the worry needs to set in. If that makes sense. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it well, may yeah, not ever I, really be a worry. No, I do, screen printing still, it's really fast and it's really cost effective, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you right now you have so much control over it too. So you could create, mm-hmm a product that could be so many different things. You could create a super soft shirt. You could create like that thick high density type shirt. We have all that control. So, I mean, that part's cool, but it's definitely interesting watching, you know, some of these products get developed. And, um, you know, the other thing too, is it seems like more and more with the digital side, you, you have to have that focus on the front end as well and how you get from, you know, that like online design tool directly to the machine you know, and it's like, it's not just being able to do like a hundred different designs right away, but how to also like process that on a customer service standpoint, you know, basically from a website directly to the machine and out the door. So it's like, it's just like a whole nother process. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the operational software, you know, and development that's involved, it's it's funny because when we're going to market with this product, you know, we have to ask so many questions because it's cool technology, right? So people with money that are printing now, they're like, man, I want to get rid of these screens and do this. And I've got a website or I've got this going on, but the integration that's Mm -hmm. involved in all of that, I mean, it's substantial. And I think that, you know, no one right now has an out of the box, like, you know, let's just plug this thing in and it's going to connect to my website and, yeah. You know, an order comes in and it just prints, you know, I mean, and I think it'll get there and that'll be really cool for that market. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to go a long ways and we just see more and more of that now, you know, I, I'm on Facebook and, you know, scrolling through and it's like, Hey, you know, shop on our website and get entered to win a McLaren 720S. And I'm like, man, I haven't bought a t-shirt in like 15 years because I've been in this industry for so long, but I really want to win that car. You know, you get on, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're buying some shirt. And I mean, that's how they're producing those things quickly for the most part. So um, yeah, I think it's definitely prevalent, but you know, screen printing will stay, stay alive. Do that. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Well, when we get back, we are going to talk about more questions that rock. We'll be right back. Limited on space and budget? Are you a team of one? Need a supporting press to automate those simple prints without the bottleneck? The Rock Fit fits seamlessly into your workflow and shifts your production to fifth gear's cruise control without breaking a sweat. To discover where automation fits in your business today, please visit rock.us or call 187-ROCKET-NOW. That's 877-674-8669. I want to welcome everybody back to Rock Shop Talk, your one-stop rock shop where we talk all things screen printing. Today, we are discussing 
questions that rock with Justin Moore of Barrel Maker Screen Printing. I am Rock US President Ross Hunter. Alongside of me as well is Meryl Caps, our creative producer Hello. and solution specialist, Rob Welch, i.e. Bobby Grape Juice. Welcome I don't know why us. I'm always the last person that gets introduced. I mean, <laughs> can I get the first first billing one of these times? Save the best for last. Oh, there we go. Do you know what happens, dude? I go in order of how you're sitting on my screen. And sense. you're, I'm going He's, left to right. That's not any my, better. You, that just means you have them at the bottom of your screen. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't decide that. I think Zoom Zoom picked where Rob or uh, sorry, where Bobby Grape Juice is sitting. I was the, the last person to join, so that makes sense. There it is. You don't like to be last picked, do you? Was that a like a thing for you like ever? That. No, no. Okay. Was it? No. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Like elementary school, like whatever. The soccer field. It's like okay. Okay, the fat kid. Yeah, I don't really want him on my soccer team. So <laughs> I guess he's the last person that's going to go. So you're yeah, the first sure. on my team. Uh, makes sense. I, I have a trainer. I, I have this like trainer that I go to now, and I'm convinced that she was like super fat as a kid because she's just like such a dick. It's <laughs> 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 like, yeah. I, uh, I certainly I gotcha. had my time. Yeah. I had my time my whole life until eight months ago. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, the right way to do it. It's though. a get lot it, of get work. It, over. it is it's hard. It is it hard. Is. It's not just yeah. exercise. It's I mean the diet part of it is what kills me because I love little Debbie. Little Debbie, yeah, is my girl. You know, Ooh, and she does so many things right. She's a temptress, and mm -hmm. I have a really hard time staying away from her when I'm in a gas station paying for something, and I turn around, there's her face. Yeah, and it's like, enjoy these Swiss cake rolls, Ross. I really want you to eat them, <laughs> and I have a hard time with that. Um, Those are so good when they get really cold, too, and like oh the chocolate God. just flakes <laughs> off. Yes. Yeah. See? I haven't had I got lunch you. yet, either, so this is making my mouth water right now. Um, we were talking about some fun things over the break, uh, Rob, why don't you, yeah. uh, yeah, I had some, I had, some, I had a question for actually turn the tables and ask Justin a question. Um, right. so, I mean, you've, you've been a rock owner now for a long time. You've moved your shop. You've swapped out presses for bigger presses. You've had a lot of interactions with our technicians and kind mm -hmm. of that post install support. So yeah. I guess I want to like get some you know questions from you like what's that like for you you know when when you're when you're working with the techs and you have the techs in the shop like um, you know how has that experience been you know getting that support yeah. and and any kind of interesting stories you might have or interesting uh, yeah, the, um, images you might want to share. Well, I think <laughs> the rock techs are uh, they're uh, it's an attractive bunch you know it's we. Uh, we definitely rank our attacks by how they look. And um, we have, you know, we have some favorites. No, the, the attacks have been really good. The supports, um, you know, my favorite thing about the, the support initially, and this is kind of obvious now, but like years ago, like I just loved that I was able to FaceTime with um, like Buck, you know, like Buck was like our first tech. And if I had a question or, you know, we did something dumb on the press, like I could just FaceTime them and show them, you know, what's going on and solve it in real time. And that was something, at least with like other um, companies that we were working with at the time, it like, that was like unheard of still. They were like, no, we got to send somebody out there. I'm like, but I could just show you right now. Like, 
really easily. And, you know, obviously that's like more developed now too with them. It's like more common, but um, no, we've always had really good support when we moved our shop. It, it was, um, it was a pretty solid week of, you know, basically installing like three presses, two dryers, the Lotus and, and uninstalling all that and, you know, moving it and whatnot. So it was definitely a, a feat, but um, yeah, it's been, it's been cool. I, I, uh, I was actually curious if you guys have any sort of like options where you could have text come out where um, maybe like outside of an install, like do you guys ever, or maybe not even text, but have like people that come out and just do like one-on-one training. Like if a shop hires like maybe a new printer and they're real busy and they just need like support or even like kind of like maintenance, you know, um, I don't always trust that like, you know, at least in our shop, like those guys with the wrench that pop up that say your machine needs service, they just like live on the screen. Cause like, they're like, oh, these don't belong here, you know? And so like, I always thought like, it, it would be nice to be able to like, kind of call and be like, hey, can we get on the books next time someone's like in our vicinity and basically pay for a day to have like a technician come out and like, just service all the equipment, kind of, you know, make sure it's all oiled and looking good and, you know. Absolutely, so we've, we've, yeah, done that, yeah, we've done that before uh, in a bunch of different situations. So that's totally something we do. Uh, we like to get kind of heads up information on anything that we know that's going on ahead of time. That way, if we need to have a part out there or what have you. Um, but scheduling something like that is, is something that's been done and, and can be done, absolutely. Yeah, and we're developing awesome. a program specifically to, um, I'm creating a product that's exactly what you say. It's a maintenance product. So I've actually been calling and, and maybe you can tell us this is actually a good time to pull you because we've been calling, you know, random places, uh, me and, and our director of operations, Mark Showman, because we were, you know, we were toying with this idea of like extended warranty. Right. Yeah. And, and it's funny because in these conversations and I don't want this to come off cocky because it may not be this way for everyone. But, you know, we put together this whole program. We we're blind pitching it. And 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 the resounding response was, I will never buy an extended warranty from you guys. And I said, well, why? And they're like, well, things don't break. And, you know, when stuff does you know, we've got your number, we've got, you know, a way to FaceTime or, or whatever the case may be. And things get handled, you know, very inexpensively, most of the time free. And, yeah. you know, we just don't see that. But what they said was the same thing you just said. I would love a product for like a service visit. So yeah, tech comes out for two days, lubricates, replaces some parts, some wear and tear parts, um, maybe does some brush up training if anyone needed it um you know cleans up the equipment checks all the pallet locking mechanisms make sure everything you know make sure everything's up and going so we we've taken that into further conversations now and are actually developing a package like an an actual product um that'll have just a flat rate it'll include airfare and hotel and all the normal things we don't want to do the thing where it's like yeah you can pay us to come out but then you got to reimburse us for the airplane ticket, reimburse us for the hotel. So we want to just create something that's kind of like an all-inclusive mm-hmm. um, technician visit. And then in terms of training, we definitely have that. So it's just by the day. Um, and yeah. again, that includes, and that's already set up, and that includes airfare and all that kind of good stuff. So you would just say, you know, I need, you know, one day or, or three days or whatever it was. I'm going to just charge by the day. 
um, to yeah. get that. And our techs have different experience levels. So we have some techs that are very, very experienced in printing. So if you're mm -hmm. needing, you know, water-based training or something more specific to printing technique, you know, we can send someone from that versus, hey, we hired some new operators. Can you have someone come out, you know, and run production with us and make sure they understand, you know, flashes and the settings and, you know, angle and, and, and all that kind of good stuff. So yeah, it's a great question and definitely awesome. something we're, we're working on and we will roll out publicly as soon as we get it done. So yeah, that's awesome. I, I like kind of come from a mindset where I feel like it's it's nice to sometimes bring people in to work with employees versus have like a coworker do it or even like me do it you know it's just kind of like you bring in that outsider specifically to work with them and right i feel like it could be really effective and plus then it's coming from someone that's not like just their boss a little bit you know and it's right. like hey like this is really like a way to this is really going to help you print quicker or more efficiently or like you know plus there's there's just things that the machine does that I think a lot of technicians like aren't not technicians, sorry, like press operators aren't fully aware of. And, and like, you know, when some of those situations arise, like, you know, the, like some of the different like flash settings or, um, you know, being able to essentially put in like two squeegees and be like a forward and backstroke, right? Like there's, there's mm -hmm. been scenarios where we've had like something a little bit registered wrong, or maybe like the artwork's a little off and we've been able to use some of those features to make, the print work you know what I mean which mm -hmm. and some of that's the stuff that you could do with a manual press right when you're on a manual you can kind of like sometimes hold your screen a little to the side or print on an angle or like do these things to kind of make right. the design work it's cool because like there are those things that you could manipulate with with a rock as well and I think a lot of the printers don't always know that kind of stuff and so Where yeah I definitely are. think yeah yeah having training and having I think training from someone who's like not really like within the business, I think could sometimes be like more effective. So yeah, if, oh. if stuff like that's offered, like I would definitely be interested. So, and I think, oh, I think there's that'd be awesome. probably other people too. So yeah. And so I, I hear too that you guys like our technicians enough that you actually have a shrine to one of them somewhere in your, in your business. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if it's a shrine. It's just, here, I can, <laughs> I'll show you. It's just, uh, you know, he's a good looking, it's a good looking guy. This is like, um, like a real, you know, specimen of a person here. Right, so this a, is a shout out in advance to uh, one of our team members uh, who's about to be uh, captured on video because I think he's, he's represented somewhere in Barrel Maker here. Oh, is this, this guy? Is this a bathroom we're in? Oh my oh, God! A, Look at oh, this! Look at that! Oh, the, oh my! That's... <laughs> that is Buck shirtless in barrel yeah. maker. Now on a picture above the—is that the toilet right below? There? Yeah, it's, this is you know, <laughs> this is a pretty big upgrade though for him. He, um, <laughs> I, he, he's slept inside. We used to have a dog crate in our shop. And I feel like he slept inside of that dog crate probably <laughs> like ten times. Because wow. you know he works he works awesome. like all night. So there's been times where he'll like he'll work all night, kind of on the presses and everything, and then probably around like four or five in the morning he'll like curl up in the dog crate 
and they'll fall asleep but then everyone else still comes into work in the morning and they see the technician like sleeping in the crate and uh <laughs> <laughs> you know that's awesome but he's uh he gets it done he does indeed apparently yeah apparently i never need to get buck a hotel room again that was actually good yeah, knowledge yeah, for me right. buck doesn't need a hotel <laughs> he doesn't need a hotel he doesn't need shirts i don't yeah. think he needs shoes you know he's, i don't think he needs food or water or even really a, sal- a salary even i don't think we need to pay him i think he needs a salary and beer and tools okay Salary, beer, and tools. I I think we can do all three of those, but no more shirts. No shirts. No more hotels um, and no more work boots. Maybe a fanny pack, though. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a fanny pack. signature for Buck. Yeah, yeah. A screen printed fanny pack. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Okay. Why not? Um, well, cool, man. Well, I want to wrap up uh, this episode. And um, Justin, can you let people know where they can find Barrel Maker and maybe reiterate to your guys' live printing website? Because that was really kind of cool. Yeah. So people wanted to check that out. Yeah, you could you could find us at, at liveprinting.com or at uh, barrelmakerprinting.com. Cool. And social those tags? Social is the same at barrel maker or yeah. no social. I think yeah. Yeah, I think at barrel maker printing. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you uh joining us today and yeah. giving us a little taste of our own medicine. That was kind of fun to reverse the tables. I actually really enjoyed that. We should uh do one of yeah. these again, Merrill. That was fun. Yeah. Um and thank you guys for, for all having of you me. out there. Oh yeah, man. Oh, it's our Absolutely. pleasure. And thanks, thank you, Rob, as well. It's our, our your second appearance, I think. Second, third, 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 yeah, third, third, third. yeah. Nice. Oh, I wasn't gonna think. I was gonna think Rob last. Oh, forgive me. So as I you was were, gonna go is... like, thank <laughs> you, Justin. Right. Thank you, Meryl. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank myself, and then thank, <laughs> thank you, Rob. See, I thought he just wasn't gonna thank at all because that's like the running gag. I'm always like, Ross, why you always say, why are you so much nicer to me when no one else is around? Um. Which is because I love you, dude. That's like a sign of affection, you know, when you're 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 kind of torment your friends when you're around other people and then you know you're your normal self time. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, cool. Well, I want to thank everyone out there that's listening and tuning in um, to the Rock Shop Talk. Continue to listen, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I don't know, all every the, other those, social mechanism socials, that's out there. And uh, we appreciate you listening. Continue to press onward and rock on. Tremendous thanks to Justin Moore for joining us today. As always, thank you for spending time with us this week. Tune in at your convenience wherever you listen to your podcast by searching Rock Shop Talk. Our next episode will discuss productive mindsets. If you'd like to request to be on the show, please visit rock.us slash rockshoptalk. If you found today's episode helpful, please recommend it to a friend who you think may find it helpful as well. Please like, share, and subscribe on social media. Until next time, rockers, press onward.